Hey guys, welcome back to the Switch Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm also Jake. And today is a party because this is the 100th episode of the Swish Podcast. This is a big milestone for the Swish, and we're very excited that it is. we've made it to 100 episodes. When we first started, we didn't think we would make it more than 10. So this is a very, very big accomplishment. So Jake, what are your thoughts on this being number 100? It's crazy. I want to thank everyone that listens in because at the, at the start, I don't think we would even post anything or at, at least make it past 10 an hour at 100 with interviewing pro athletes. So I think that's great. And are you ready to hop into our episode? All right. So we're going to start the episode with some wave wire pickups. And uh, I'm um, I'm going to ask Jake for him to share his first waiver wire pickup. My first waiver wire pickup for this week should be obvious. He is a running back. He's on the Baltimore Ravens, and his name is Kenyon Drake. So Kenyon Drake has not really played that much until Dobbins has been getting less targets, getting injured more often. And in the one game where he got only 10 attempts, 119 yards, and a touchdown, and he caught – he got targeted twice in the passing game. Not really a passing threat, but is going to see a lot more action this week versus Cleveland and even in the week after versus Tampa. And I see some high upside for him. All right. My my first guy this week uh, is is from the Cleveland Browns, is Donovan Peoples-Jones. I, I'm, I, I'm starting him in one of my leagues this week, and he has been consistently getting a good amount of targets. Uh the last few weeks and he's been he's been a very average fantasy player and I expect him to just if you need a solid solid flex option he'll get you probably around 10 points which is good and Jake let's move on to your second I know he's very inconsistent and he was not good weeks one four and five but those other three weeks whoo coming off of a two touchdown game receiver two for the San Francisco 49ers we have Brandon Ayuk you coming off 11 targets, 8 catches, 83 yards, and 2 tutties. It's a very good deep threat and red zone threat. And as I see a lot of upside versus not good pass game defenses like KC and um, the Chargers and Arizona. See some high upside him in the future. All right. My next guy is probably someone Jake was going to say, but I'm going to steal it from him. Is Daniel Bellinger from the Giants. Uh, you know, he, he has been a, a red zone beast this year. You know, he's gotten three touchdowns so far this year and uh I think what four or five games he's played. So he's been very prolific pro proficient in the red zone and I expect him to have a big week versus Jacksonville. Uh he he's been getting a good amount of targets with a lot of the receivers out, so I expect him for that to continue into this week. So I'm gonna go with my last guy. He's a thirty seven percent roster ESPN PPR guy, so Probably there's a good every like four and at four and every ten he's picked up so every six and ten he should be available. His name's Alec Pierce. He's the receiver two for Indianapolis right now, coming off back to back to back to back eight and a half or nine plus fantasy point games in PPR nine and twelve and sixteen and thirteen point nine. Last week he had seven targets, caught three of them, about fifty yards and a touchdown. Now he's playing Tennessee and Washington. And then New England and Las Vegas, so out of four, three are terrible on the path defense. So he's going to see a lot of high upside. Yeah, that, that's that's really uh, – I, I really agree with that one. That was someone I, I considered putting on my list. But uh, I'm going to end with a quarterback. 
I'm going to go with Daniel Jones. Uh, you know, he has a lot of rushing upside, which makes him which makes him a really good fantasy quarterback. He has been uh, he has been very good this year, uh, and I expect him to keep that going this week. Uh, his the best part of his game is definitely his rushing ability. So keep an eye on Daniel Jones this week. He's definitely a guy I'd pick up. So that's gonna end our first segment. We're gonna now do NBA award predictions. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Swish Podcast. You know, now we're in segment two. What's up, Jake? Again? Uh, what's up? It's really only been like two minutes since we recorded, so stop acting like it's been a long little bit. Uh, but uh, we're gonna do our MV- NBA award predictions. Or the the awards we will be doing are the most valuable player, the rookie of the year, the defensive player of the year, the most improved player, the sixth man. And we're going to end it with the coach of the year. And our first one will be the big, big fish in the MVP. I'm going to go first. My prediction this year is the Bucks forward, Giannis Attentacumpo. Uh, he uh, is a two-time MVP, but he's been off for two years. But he'll he'll be back. And I, ex- I think he's going to win it this year. He's just that dominant. He's the best player in the league. Okay, not much to say to that. I mean, I have someone else, but I do agree with what you said. Like, there is most likely going to be him, but I went in a different direction. I went with Joel Embiid, center for Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, pretty safe pick. I mean, he was, he's been the odd man out for MVP in the past three years, even though he's been a top three center each year. I think this is the year where he actually wins it, though, when he shines in Philly. No, I don't like Philly, man. It just can't happen. But uh, moving on to our rookie of the year, I mean, it sounds like an obvious pick, but we've seen one game already out of him, and man, he looks good. I'm going with Paolo Banchero, uh, from Orlando Magic. Uh, he put up like 27, I think, in his first game, so he looked he looked really good out there, and I I, I expect him to keep it up. You know, the Magic won't be great this year, but they're gonna keep taking small steps into the right direction. And the, the I, magic, yeah. they're, they're going to be a solid ball club. I totally agree with you here. I put Paolo as well. Dropped 27, 2, 5, and 9. That's almost a double-double in his first ever game. I mean, he's just unbelievable. I mean, he, he's got poster eyes he did. I mean, he, he's really good. I, I think that, that, was a, yeah, that was nice, you know. That was really, like, slam, you know. But uh, next is the the defensive player of the year, and this is a tough one because there's 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 a guy who I want to take, but I feel like he wins it every year at this point. But I'm I'm gonna stick with it is Rudy Gobert, uh now a now a Timberwolf, and I think he's gonna continue to be one of the best shot shot bloggers in the league and just continue to be a dominant defender. In, in Minnesota. You know, I do like that pick, but I'm taking your MVP. I'm taking a Greek freak. I know he's not an insane shot blocker, but he's just so athletic. It's tons of boards. And it's like, he already had three blocks on Giannis. That's really good in his first game. I mean, it's Giannis. I see there's a good chance it's going to be Gobert again because he wins every year, but I see Giannis. Come on. All right. Uh, we're going to move on to the 
to the most improved player. Uh, Jake, I'm actually going to stick with the same team, the Minnesota Timberwolves. I want to go with Anthony Edwards. Uh, I feel as if uh, he's ready to take that big leap. And I think the Timberwolves man could be a top three seed in the West. They're that good. You know, they have such a deep roster. You have Edwards, you have Gobert, you have Cat. You know, you have uh, D'Lo. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. But, uh... Cat, Gobert, D'Lo, Edwards. Who else? And they just have a deep roster, man. They, they, they're poised to make a big, big postseason run this year. And you know, Anthony Edwards is going to be an all-star this year, and he's going to average twenty-five plus points. Is my prediction. That that could be true. Here's one of my top two guys. Design between him, Anthony Simons, and Tyrese Maxey, and that went with Maxey. You know, I hate Philadelphia. This guy's he's a stud. He's gonna put up thirty plus minutes per game in those minutes. He's he's played two games so far, dropped fifteen and twenty one. He's averaging about eighteen points per game. Not he's usually big on assists. He hasn't really done much with that yet, but he's just a freak of nature talent out of Kentucky. I see him winning that most improved. Okay, okay. I believe the next one, uh six man, right, Jake? Uh um, six- yeah, so six man. It's a tough one because, like, every year you have, like, that one guy who just comes bursting onto the scene. But this year, I'm going to go with Jordan Clarkson. You know, he won it a couple years ago, uh, but I see him winning it again. And, yeah, he he, just, he comes off the bench and scores some points. Even though the Jazz won't be great, they'll have a great six-man. Yeah, I'm going with a Maverick six-man. He's a Point guard, shooting guard, maybe even a little small forward action. Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, he's played one game so far, put 15, 3, and 3 in 28 minutes. That's that's very solid numbers. He's very efficient, shoots the ball well, can pass the ball. Just all-around solid point guard, and I, I think he's going to win that six-man, Jake. Jake, I don't, I don't know. He's not the Maverick six-man. We saw what happened last night. Christian Wood, what do you think, 25 points off the bench? I don't know. I'm sticking with my Dinwiddie because they switch around, you know, every game. You know, don't be surprised if you see Kawhi Leonard win that award. He's now coming off the bench, too. But uh, I think our our last award is now Coach of the Year. And uh, for this award, is very tough because the thing with Coach of the Year that I've learned is that it's not always the best team. It's maybe the most surprising team. So with that, I'm going to go – I'm going to take Billy Donovan from the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I think that he is – I think he's one of the premier coaches in our league, and the Bulls are going to poise to make, have, a, have a big year. And I think uh, Billy Donovan is going to be a big part of that. Wow, Jake. Wow. Just, you know, I told you my guys before this episode, and you took my coach. So now I have to switch it. I was going to take Donovan. Now I'm going to take Nate McMillan because I also like Atlanta. So for, for a surprising team, I think Atlanta is going to be good. I mean, the, the rosters are so deep in depth. I mean, Bogdan, Capella, Collins, Culver, AJ Griffin, DeAndre Hunter, and then the beast himself, Trey Young. And then they just got DeJounte and Stella Kongu. I mean, this team, Jalen Johnson, this team is so deep. And I mean, Trey Young, explosive. 
DeAndre Hunter can be explosive. John Collins and Capella and DeJounte, all explosive. This team is just, they work well together. I see them being a top a top five team in the East. Nate McMillan, give him that coach of the year, Jake. How about that? All right, that is going to end our NBA award predictions. Now, Jake, cue the music for the interview with Jason Foley. Hey, guys, I'm back to Swish. I'm Jake. And I'm also Jake, and today is a very special episode. We actually have our first ever returning guest. We have Tigers right-handed pitcher Jason Foley. Jason, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Just how's the season going for you? What's up, boys? Uh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, season's going season's going great so far. Um, you know, it's almost – we got like six weeks left, but, you know, we're uh, – it's going well. So that's great. Um, how are the tiger? What are your thoughts on your tiger season so far? I'm sorry. What was that? What are your thoughts on the tiger season so far? Um. Well, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure you've seen, but you know, we're we're not really playing as well as we we might have thought. But um, you know, um, and that's all right. But uh, hopefully, these next six weeks, we uh, you know, we we play some pretty good baseball and have some good momentum going into next season. But you know, it's it's been a little disappointing thus far. But there's obviously been some some bright spots here and there to you know uh, build off of for next year. So here's like our real first question. We go back to last year. What was it like getting called up to big leagues? Yeah, um, it was obviously, you know, it's a really cool experience. It's 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 a little bit tough to explain just because, or hard to put into words. But um, you know, it's obviously a, a lifelong dream of of, my, of mine and, and of everyone else probably that that plays in the big leagues. So to get that initial phone call or or call that you're going to the big leagues is a pretty surreal experience. Um, you kind of just feel like pretty invincible. There's so many emotions going through your head, but obviously all positive and all really good. And it was just, um, yeah, it was just an awesome time. I got to spend with my family and friends. And, and when I called them, they were pretty stoked about it. So um, yeah, it was, it's an incredible experience. When you got that call, did it like really surprise you or were you expecting it might happen soon? Like, what was that like? Yeah, um, I wouldn't say, you know, you try to always stay humble and you don't really want to ever assume that you're going to maybe get that. Call. You obviously, obviously think you're going to, you obviously think you're good enough to get that call. And I knew I was pitching pretty well and I thought maybe I, I might get a call soon. But overall, I tried to stay pretty humble and not, you know, not get ahead of myself. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I kind of thought I had a decent chance to to get a call last year at some point. Um and yeah, it happened, and obviously it was it was awesome. So, what do you think has been the hardest part about like adjusting to the major leagues? Like, what's been the biggest difference from the minors to the majors? <clears throat> yeah, it's a great question. I think I think one of the biggest differences um, is you know uh, everyone is just so good in this in this league. Um, you know, in AAA, you might face a lineup. There's obviously nine hitters. You might face a lineup where you know, three or four of the hitters are like really good and you need to worry about them and like, and make sure you're really focusing on getting them out and stuff. Um, and in the big leagues, it's, that's pretty much every single hitter, you know, every single hitter is, is obviously up here for a reason and they're all really talented. So you kind of got to be focused in on every pitch and every, every at bat and, uh, make sure you're really executing because, um, they're just able to hit the mistakes a little better than other guys in the minor league. So, you know, you just got to kind of focus up a little more and, and try to be a little bit more consistent with your pitches and your locations and whatnot. But, um, 
yeah, everyone's just a, just a little bit better here. So it's, you know, there's not really any free outs. There's not really any time you can take off. So you got to really stay focused every single pitch. Is the MLB environment very different from the minor league environment? Um, yes and no. I mean, in terms of like my day-to-day activity, um, it's pretty similar. I mean, you get to the clubhouse, you do this pretty much the exact same stuff as you would in the minor leagues. I still do like, you know, the same exact warm-up routines and like I'm still, we go play catch before the game and we take BP. Um, there's obviously like more fans and more media presence and, you know, a little bit more weight on each game in terms of whether you win or you lose. But overall, I mean, the day is pretty much exactly the same, honestly. So what has been your favorite part about playing in the majors? <clears throat> um, that's a good question. I think, I think one of the coolest parts is getting to face, um, getting to see a lot of like these living legends that I grew up playing against. You know, um, I obviously get to play alongside of Miggy, which is pretty damn cool. Um, he's obviously one of the best hitters of all time and one of the best hitters I've ever seen growing up. Um, but you know, the other day we, we just faced Mike Trout and, and Shohei Otani. And, uh, you know, we faced, like, when we played the Yankees, you're facing Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole. And I think it's pretty cool to face those guys. You watch them on TV and, and they're kind of idols when you're growing up. So it's uh, it's pretty sweet getting to see them play live and, and seeing what they can do in person. It's, it's really awesome. So what would you say your favorite stadium in the major leagues you've played in so far? Cool. That's a great question. Mm. I would say my favorite stadium I've played at so far, I think I'm going to give you two answers. My favorite stadium from just the pure looks of it in terms of like, you know, just the stadium itself and the atmosphere was uh, San Francisco, the Giants. It was really cool right on the Cubby Cove, right on the Bay. It was really nice. The weather is beautiful. Um, My favorite stadium, though, outside to play other than that one would be Boston just because – uh, they get a crazy amount of fans, and it's such a historic field. You know, they pack out. We played them on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and they had they were packed out every single night. And they play. Uh, they do the Sweet Caroline song in the seventh inning, and all the fans sing along. And it's a really cool environment to play there. It's obviously a little tougher because they're all rooting against you, but um, it's pretty darn cool watching, uh, hearing all those roars from the fans. How's that first like your first outing in Fenway like? Was it this year or last year? How's that first outing? When you played there, um, yeah, I threw um, I, I threw against Boston twice this year at Fenway, and uh, it was awesome. Again, it's like obviously I was saying it's it's always tough when all the fans are rooting against you, but it's also a little cool in the same way. Like it gives you a little bit more of adrenaline, a little more, a little more, you know, a little more edge out there. And I remember I uh, uh, a pretty fast runner was on first base. I actually forgot who. I think it was Trevor Story, or no, might have been Xander Bogarts. And um, I had to pick over a few times to hold them over, and they kept the fans kept booing me more and more. And it was it was pretty cool, but it's um, overall awesome place to play. Have there been any teammates that you've gotten pretty close with over the past two years in the big leagues? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a bullpen pitcher, so you know the game. I'm spending most of my time uh, down in that bullpen and, and hanging out with all those dudes. So like, I've gotten pretty close with um, Alex Lang. He's one of my bullpen mates, uh, Will Best. He's another one. Um, but, I I mean, we have a great relationship with all of my teammates. Um, you know, Tucker Barnhart's a new addition. He's a, he's a gold glove catcher, and we've had a great relationship. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, all of us are really close. You know, we hang out on and off the field a bunch. And, um, 
but yeah, those bullpen guys I spent a bunch of time with. So they're obviously, you know, they've got a, they've got a special place for me. Do you have any like personal goals going forward for yourself? Um, you know, it's, I'm sure I, you know, uh, I definitely do. Um, sometimes it's, I try to just take, take it day by day and just, um, just do the best I can that day. I mean, certainly a, a long-term goal of mine would be, you know, to, to play, to play a full 10 years in the big leagues. And that's considered, um, like a full, you get your, if you play 10 years in the big leagues, you get, or sorry, eight years, I believe. Um, eight years, you get this thing called a gold card where you get access to any field at any time. And, and uh, it's a cool milestone to get to get eight years full in the big leagues. I know that's a long ways away. Um, but pretty much I try to think of it day by day and not think too, not, not think too broad of a picture. You know, just try to do the best I can every day to, to stay here and, and give my team a chance to win, really. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of it. Do you have any goals as like a team? Do you think for Tigers that you might have for next season or two? Yeah, I mean, again, like the season really, you know, it's unfortunately didn't go the way a lot of people had had seen it going. Um, so next year, I think a, a great goal for us would be, you know, to compete for a playoff push and and, and try to win the AL Central. Um, hopefully, we add a few pieces this off season that could help us. But um, you know, I think that's a pretty darn good goal. Um, and yeah, so I, I think uh, I think we got good players and, and good um, good pieces. I just think there's with a few changes. I think we'll be in the hunt next year. So definitely trying to make the playoffs at some point. Something I wanted to ask is like, what? How is like a typical like game day routine for you? Like, when do you get to the stadium? Like, how do you prepare for the game every day? Yeah, sure. So tonight we have a game at seven. Uh, most of our games are at night. So. Um, it depends on so for example today I, I want to get a workout in because I threw the other day and I like you know usually I try to I try to work out the days after I throw just to kind of make myself feel a little better so today I'm going to get to the field probably around uh one o'clock and um I'll go through like a little warm-up routine that I like to do for like some mobility and stretching and stuff to make my body feel good and then I'll probably go work out for a little bit nothing too crazy maybe like 45 minutes um I don't want, you know, I try not to be too sore in, during the season. So I'll go work out. I'll probably eat some lunch. And then right after that, um, that'll probably be a time for the pitchers to go out and stretch. That's usually around 345. So we'll go out and stretch and play catch and work on, you know, maybe whatever you want to work on that day. If, if maybe your off-speed pitches, maybe your rotation, your commands and that. And then usually right after that, the team takes BP. So we'll go shag BP in the outfield and then we'll come in and we'll have about like an hour, an hour and a half to hang out, eat some food before the game and just relax. And then we'll go play a ball game. And if I get called on that night, I pitch. And if not, I head back in. But, but that's pretty much the day to day. That's pretty much how it rolls every day. Most of normal practice, like similar to your game day routine? Uh, we don't, on off days, we don't actually practice. We just, um, on off days, you don't, you don't go to the field, you get a full off day. Um, you know, they don't happen that often in the season. So you kind of just try to take those days to relax and have your body recover a little bit. Yeah. So I think that's where I'm much going to wrap up our interview with you, Jason. Thank you so, so much for hopping on the show. We hope you have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your season. Thank you so, so much for hopping on again. No doubt. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you. We'll see you guys in the next episode. One.
hello. So we will now be beginning our our we our our deal or no deal. So Jake is will be going first. I will be asking. I will be the the dealer, and he will be the the part the the player. So Jake, as you can see here, you're a uh, ten ten running backs that you could one of them you'll be winning. Okay, okay. So I'm a pick. So which one would you like to pick to keep? You no, know, I want Saquon. I'm a Giants fan. Let's see. Giants have fi- have five wins, but we have a loss. So five minus one. That's four. Number four. All right, Jake will be holding on to number four. Let's see what he will get with that. Okay, so. Jake, please start by eliminating two. Um, uh, since the Giants have one loss, Scott Guerrero number one. Number one, Jake, Jeff yep. Wilson. He's okay. been a pretty solid player this year. Okay, it's not terrible. So let me get rid of Jeff Wilson. Um, and then let's see. Um, I hate. The Eagles, and they have six wins. So number six. Number six, Jake will be getting rid of. Number six, Latavius Murray. Oh, yeah. Okay, so now the bank is like, do you want to make a deal? Jake, I would like you to know. I will be asking you if you would like a player that is the average between those two guys' points. So the player the bank will be offering you is James Robinson. Jake, do you want James Robinson or do you want to continue playing? Um, I'm going to keep playing. Jake will keep playing. Okay, so, uh, Jake, now which two would you like to eliminate? Um, you know, Craig Reynolds, so he's averaging 2.4, get rid of number two, and number four. Jake, number four is the one you kept, so you can't get rid of it. Get rid of number two and number five. Number two, Jake. Saquon Barkley. Okay. Top dog is out. Which fine. Just, I can still get four. Okay. four All right. Sorry. All right. And then you said number five? Yeah. Number five, Jake. Rashad White. That's good. That's good. All right. So let's get rid of white here. No. Jake. I would like to know. The bank is offering you David Montgomery. Would you like to accept that? Or keep playing. What is his projected? 12 points. 
Um, well, I know Damon's better. Maurice is better. Fournette's better. Moster and him are probably the same. And then Samaji and Craig are worse. Yeah, I'm going to keep playing. Keep playing. Jake is electing to keep playing. All right, Jake. Please get rid of two more. Um, I'm going to get rid of number three and seven. Number three and seven. Well, all right, let's first review number three. It's Craig Reynolds. Good. So, and you said number seven? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Now it's getting interesting. Um, the bank okay, is calling. Jake. The bank is calling. Who's calling my phone? All right. The bank is offering you Travis Etienne. Would you like Travis wow. Etienne? He's probably better than Raheem Ansamaji. Playing a little worse than Damien. No, playing worse than Damien and Fortnite. Uh, I'm going for it. No, not doing it. Jake is like to keep playing. So we have four remaining. Four, eight, nine, and ten. So now I'll eliminate two more. Uh, so we have mine. Okay, so we're going to get two or two more. Um, Let's get rid of ten and eight. And eight, number 10, Leonard Fournette. So, the second, the so now the second biggest guy is off the board. And then you said number eight, yeah, that's gonna be Samaji. Oh, thank god, thank god. All right, so now it's either Mostert or Pierce. But a quick call is now coming in from the bank. Let's see what they want to do here. All right, I just got off the phone with the bank. Jake, do you want to get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? That's my final offer, okay. Um, How much is he projected? 11 points. Who's he playing? The Chiefs are squaring off against the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't have a guy playing 49ers. No, no deal. All right, Jake. We will be revealing who you get. Wait, no, I got pick if I want to stay right, or not. Would you stay like or... to get? Would you like number nine? Well, I chose number four, and uh, you know, even I though I didn't get Saquon, I got sick with my gut. I'm going number four. All right, let's first reveal who number nine was. Raheem Mostert meeting Jake. Yeah, you will Peter. be riding with Damian Pierce this week. Yes, sir. Thank you for playing. Deal or no deal. And now Jake will go. Stop recording. And the recording. All right, Jake. Do you want me to send you it? And the recording, goddammit. Oh, shit. I forgot. Oh, uh... And welcome back to our deal or no deal. Now Jake's going to go. We got part two. And my first thing for Jake is pick one of these numbers. I'm going to go number two. 
Um, okay, so number two is Jake's box. I'm just gonna write here Jake. Oh. Fine. Well put that mark. Um and now get rid of two boxes. I feel like let's get rid of ten and and uh and number three. So so ten's gonna be ten and three. I'll start with number three. That's gonna be Rashad White. Nice. I'm so smart. And then number ten is gonna be Greg Reynolds. Okay. And now I'm gonna give you my bank offer. So your average, you know, I'm gonna give you a guy averaging around thirteen points, maybe twelve and a half, and I'm gonna give you. Uh, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you Travis Etienne. You gave me him last time. Yeah, I'm gonna give you Etienne. Projected twelve point eight. I'm gonna reject your offer. That's a no deal on Etienne. You no, know, very surprised. And now we're gonna go. I want to get rid of. Let's get rid of three. Three, three boxes. Uh, let's go one, six, and seven. One. Okay, so number one, Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. Number six, Jeff Wilson. Okay. And seven, Brees Hall. Okay. Okay, now the bank offer. You know, I gotta give you. I gotta give you someone much. I'm gonna give you someone better than Etienne because you got some, you got some big hitters coming in here. I'm gonna give you a guy to the average, you know, around thirteen point four. Maybe David Montgomery. Uh, no, no, I'm gonna say no. Okay, no for Montgomery. Now I want you to get rid of two, two boxes or thingies. Let's go four and nine. So four would get you Saquon. Oh, wow. And number nine, that will get you Raheem. So now, I'm going to give you a guy. You know, he's got to do worse because you have some smaller guys left. I'm going to give you a guy. I'm going to be generous. Give you a guy. I'm going to offer you, I'm going offer you Brian Robinson, 9.3. No. No for Robinson. So now I get rid of one last um, case. I'm going to get rid of number eight. Number eight. Lat Murray. And your final offer. I'm going to give you someone. I'll be very generous. I'm going to give you 12.2 projected. Najee Harris. No, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm gonna say no because it's a boomer. It's this is a big, like, big, like, risk here. But I'm gonna say no. Declined Najee. So now, you want to keep two or go for five? You have Samaji and Fournette. I mean, five is my lucky number, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna keep two. Okay, I'll show you. I'll show you what number five was. You missed out Samaji. You got Fournette. 
Yeah. All right. This is gonna be a good good week for Dion on Dio. I got Fournette, and who did you get, Jake? You know, I got my main man. He is a beast, Damian Pierce. All right, it's on this week, Jake. Good luck to you. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, please like and follow. Uh, we'll be coming out with some more interviews. And, you know, this was another fun one to record. Me and Jake always have fun in recording episodes. So keep uh, keep listening, and we'll get you guys some more content. See ya. Yeah, <laughs>